Good morning. Good morning. On today's podcast, I have special guest, Damian Lupo. Damian is a best-selling author of a dozen books on personal finance, investments, and retirement strategies. He's on a mission to free 1 million people from financial bondage. He hosts the Financial Underdogs podcast, ripping conventional wisdom apart from the Main Street investor looking for truth about money and investing. Not only has he started 50-plus companies, he even found his own martial art, Yokido. Damien developed the ultimate investor retirement tool called EQRP. His strategy gives individuals total control of their retirement money to invest in real assets like real estate, gold, and crypto. Have a listen. Have you ever had negative thoughts in your mind that you aren't good enough, that you'll never be successful? If so, you're not alone. I've had those thoughts playing in my mind ever since I took the leap to become an entrepreneur. It's a dirty, dark secret that no one likes to talk about as the glamorization of becoming an entrepreneur is shown in the media. I realized that in order to succeed, I needed help. We all do. So I decided to go all in on myself, spending thousands of hours in the trenches, reading, joining groups, listening to podcasts, hiring coaches to develop a bulletproof morning routine for success. Join me on my journey as together, we build our morning fire to ignite our lives as entrepreneurs. My name is Jeff Wickersham, and this is the Morning Fire for Entrepreneurs podcast. Welcome to the Morning Fire for Entrepreneurs podcast. I am excited, honored to have Damian Lupo on the show today. Damian, welcome to the show. Jeff, it's great to be here, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So let's get into state. We're going to do three uh, three power breaths in through the belly, up through the chest. We're going to raise our hands above our head and then get that power boom to get the energy level up. And we're going to have a fantastic conversation. I'm excited for it. Let's go ahead and breathe in. And out. Good. Another breath in. And out. Final breath in. And out. All right. We're going to go power boom in three. Two, one, and boom! <laughs> there you go. There you go. Thanks for uh, thanks for being on the show. So I eat, sleep, and breathe morning habits, rituals, routines. So Damien, what's a, what's one or two things you do first thing in the morning that sets you down that path towards success? I mean, the fir- the first thing, honestly, is is what happens the night before. It's it's what it's it's the thing that I put in my system the night before, so that when I wake up, I'm not in a fog. And I think that that's it's funny because we think about like the meditation and. And, and the going out in nature and like the things that I've done over the years, but none of that really matters if I've, if I've put a bunch of sugar in my system the night before, like, because then I'm a wreck and I, and I do, I monitor with aura rings and things to see what I'm doing sleeping wise. And when I watch my, my heart rate in the first thing in the morning, having been at 65 or 70 all night, it's because of the sugar. So my, my morning ritual starts at about eight o'clock at night, the night before. I love that. And, and that's such a key piece to the puzzle, right? Is the night before. And so many, so many people miss that. They're like, okay, I'm going to do this in the morning, but yet they might be drinking alcohol at night or too much sugar, having sugary sweets right before bed. And it does have an impact on your sleep and then how, how energetic and how you're going to feel when you wake up. So, so love that, that piece to it. So I'd love for you to share to, to my listening audience, new to the, the world that is Damien, share a little bit about your, your story backstory. And then I know we want to dive into kind of the victim mentality and, and all that good stuff around financial freedom. Yes. I mean, it's interesting. The the background for me was, was really going out there and having all the success in the world for a number of years, making a ton of money and doing that, just scraping, you know, going out and doing real estate investing back 20 years ago when it okay. was not as, not as exciting. People are out there trading stocks there. It was the dot-com era and, 
and I did all that stuff, made a ton of money and it almost killed me. Not only did I lose 25 million and end up $5 million in the hole, it, I also ended up in the Mayo Clinic where I was a, a complete train wreck. And I went in thinking I was having, I had cancer, something else was going on. I spent a week in there and at the end of it, they, they said, you don't have anything wrong. You have a little, you have some gallstones. And, and I went, how is that possible? I, I feel terrible. And there was so much stress being put into my system that I had put on myself because I didn't have any outlets. I didn't have any rhythms. I didn't have any consciousness around any of this stuff. And you know, part of your stories is the amount of effort, the thousands of hours and, and unprecedented amounts of money that you've put into yourself. I really started focusing and shifting on that really in a deeper way, not just a surface level. How can I make more money? But the, the pivot was going through that, that experience and realizing that if I, if I just learned and did the same thing, I'd probably end up dead the next time. So this was a warning. It was a shot across the bow. I think the universe, God was saying, all right, this is a warning shot. Like, what are you going to do next? And, and that's where things started changing, where it went from me just being a great hedonist, uh, where I was consuming to really figuring out how to, how to start impacting people's lives and finding that the joy and the fulfillment from other people's success and their lives being changed because of my efforts, not just another you know, million dollars in the bank. Gotcha. Okay. So made a heck of a lot of money, lost a heck of a lot in debt, $5 million in debt. Take me back to that, that dark period of when you checked in, like what, what were you to the Mayo Clinic? What were you thinking? What was, what was, you just thought you were, you had cancer. You, you were, what, what was the, the mindset there really? Well, the mindset, I mean, there was probably a bit of a, of a victim, like, oh my gosh, what's yeah. happening. This is happening to me. And, and it was, it was scary because at that time I was, I mean, most people don't realize what was going on, but I was nauseous for a couple of years. Like when people actually have cancer, they go through chemo, they have this experience. I was having a similar experience. I was passing out just randomly. And, and it was, it was terrifying because when you don't know what's going on in your body, I wasn't healthy. I wasn't healthy physically. I wasn't healthy emotionally or spiritually. And, and so it was, it was going through the experience. And of course I did very, I did a very Western medicine approach. They said, well, you've got gallstones. I said, well, can you kill it? Can you cut it? Can you kill? I mean, what can you do? And so, of course, a week later, my golf, my gallbladder is gone and I still miss it. And, and it's it, on the other side of that, I realized I was just patching things like we do with pharma. We just patch the problem. We're not actually addressing the root cause and the source, which was I, there, there was no groundedness. There were, there was no healthy rituals there. And, and so the darkness was, it was very scary because I hadn't stepped into a space of ownership. I was just out there like, okay, well, I'll just patch this. I'll go make some more money. That's the solution. That seemed to be the solution for everything. And it, it's uh, it's just a thing. It's just a transference of energy, but the consequences of doing it without really something important behind it just means that I was, you know, I was, I was on a path to self-destruction. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So that dark period, you get out, gallbladder's gone. You start to realize that, yes, it's going to take self-improvement. It's going to take self-work for somebody that might be not in that drastic of a situation, but going through a dark time, where, where does somebody start in that process, right? Where did, where did you start to kind of pick yourself up and say, okay, these are the things I'm going to start putting in place. I'm going to, I'm going to start diving deep personally and, and working on myself. The, the first thing I did when I, when I, when I shifted from the victim into a place of, of actually owning it was asking what was true. And that's the question I ask. And really the basis for reinvented life. When I wrote that book in 2012, it was about that one question, what is true? I spent almost two years in with, with a therapist in Texas, and we asked that one question week after week, and then I'd go home and I'd think about it and study it and write it. And all I was doing was peeling back layers to figure out what was actually going on at the deepest core. 
and it, and that takes it takes time to go and that was really the process of figuring out who am i and what's what's the what's the rest of my life all about what have i learned and and why was this why were all these things why did they happen for me versus why did they happen to me very empowering question why did why did this happen for me and it was it was that one question what is true and then really digging into it and not not saying well the obama administration screwed up my life or bad partner or the economy it was like well what is true is that i made decisions and and those were based on values or lack of values like there was all these things that i was doing and i you can fix things once you own it yeah and that that victim mentality i know you want to touch on how it how it holds us back and and it's so prevalent out there in society right that everybody kind of so many people play the victim so explain what do you mean by by how it holds us back and and how it was holding you back in in your past well the, the idea of the victim there's there's always somebody else it's, it's somebody's fault and whether it's it's your kids they're holding you back it's your parents it's your upbringing it's the economy there when you blame or you're justifying there's there's a reason for things instead of there's a a choice to make the, you you are totally disempowered. I just I watched that over the years, and I watch it with people. And at this point, it's actually really insulting for people to I, I, Jeff. I I'll look at people when they come in, and, and they'll start with, "Well, it was so." And I'm like, "Unless it's you, don't stop. Just stop talking, because you you don't have any ability to change anything if it's about anybody other than you." And that's the thing that people don't get. Like, you can't fix the economy. You can't change the president. You can change you every day, starting right now. And it's like it's an immediate change. It's, you don't have to wait for something. The worst thing that I hear people say is, well, I'll wait and see. Like, let's see what happens. And I go, are you just a victim? Like, are you playing? Are you planning to be a victim? Because you're definitely acting like a victim. And that's, that's the big shift when you say, here's what's going to happen. It's the thing that I'm doing in my body, in my mind. It's happening right now. I'm taking action on it. It changes everything. Yeah. And, and that decision that they make. And, and there's so much power in the power of choice. And I feel like so many people are it's a, it's a world full of walking zombies, right? Where they're not making these decisions and these choices. Intentionally, they are, you know, they are making the decision, but they don't have an intention behind it that they know that they could do something different. And I, I just, I, I, it would be interesting to be a fly on the wall when somebody comes in and you, you actually talk, you probably shock them with that, that question or that statement when they, they kind of play the victim, I would assume, huh? Well, it, what's, what's great is that people that are ready to take responsibility will breathe a sigh of relief that somebody's willing to just be real and honest and direct. And there, there's no agenda other than the truth. And that's always the, great, the greatest agenda is the truth. So I, I find that when people are ready, they engage really fast. And if somebody's not ready, if they're, if they're wanting to defend victimness, then it's a pretty short conversation. I generally don't even engage because you can sense pretty quick if somebody's ready to take ownership. And, and sometimes there's a little tester just throw, throw something out, see how people respond. You can learn a lot as soon as you poke the bear and you're like, oh, okay, well, good. Let's just not talk. Yeah. So, so, so true. And, uh, you know, I know you want to dive into financial independence and, and I love the, the name of your, your podcast, financial underdogs podcast. I mean, I just love the underdog mentality, right. And, and, uh, share a little bit about that, that, that topic and let's dive into it. Yeah. Yeah, the, the FU podcast is is really, a, it's a middle finger against the conventional wisdom, against the Wall Street systems, against these things that we're told are the, the systems we're supposed to be a part of. And whether we're talking about Wall Street and investments, we're talking about the Federal Reserve and the, the fiat, basically a fake money system that's being used to manipulate and steal from the population. I just talk about these things that matter to people 
you know, I, one of the things that's really weird to me is watching all the, the yelling and arguing about politics and people will get up in arms about social issues, which I understand are important, but then they don't talk about the things that impact them every single day. Like people will get mad and yell about abortion and guns and all this. And yet that doesn't impact them the same way that money does every single day. Right. And they're not talking about the money stuff. And so I talk about the money stuff, what it is, what you do with it, how to be you know, being real about what Wall Street's all about, what insurance is all about, how, how you how you deal with a, a dollar that's losing 20, 30, 40 percent of its value every year in reality. Like that's actually what's happening because of what's being printed. Those conversations are, are not part of, if you will even call it mainstream media. Uh, I was listening to Joe Rogan talk about mainstream media and, and, he, and he said, I don't even know if this is mainstream. It's like corporate media. And so like this, our conversation right now, this is mainstream. This is like main street. Like this is real. Right. No, it's, it's so incredibly powerful. And I have, I don't know. It, it, I always think that things happen for a reason, right. In our conversation. And I've, I've been just much more aware of how society, social norms, everything keeps you in this box that they basically want you to stay in rather than gaining the knowledge, thinking about money in a different way, because many powers that be that keep you in that box are doing it for their financial benefit at the, at the end of the day. Right. And, and it's so, so incredibly powerful. And if you don't have an awareness of that, you're, you're kind of going through life with blinders on. Well, yeah, it's like saying that if you, if you don't, if you don't have a plan, you're part of somebody else's plan. And so it's, it's, and if you, if you don't know what the, if you don't know who the, uh, you know, like who, who the shark in the room is or who the victim is, you're probably, you know, you, like you have to understand like that the room is full of a cast of characters, meaning the room in life it, right. when you're dealing with, with wall street, it, it's to me, it's, and I beat up on wall street all the time. And, and it's, and it's because it sets people up to be a failure and not that they're necessarily going to lose all their money, but you fail if you don't learn. And the system is set up for somebody to take control of your life. And then you just hope it works out. So you smoke a bunch of hopium and then, maybe you'll have some money and maybe you'll not lose all your, all your purchasing power. And the system is set up to basically tell you that you're too stupid and it's too complicated. And it's, it's set up that way to, to really take advantage of our, of our self confidence and our self worth. And the fact that you have very sophisticated people with all these credentials and they look at you like you're a moron and like, you don't know what to say. So my job is to give people some tools and some ideas so they can start saying, wait, I am smart enough and I am going to care about my money way more than anybody else ever. What they care about is their fees. They care about the AUM. Fidelity does not care. I mean, there is no, there's no like soul at Fidelity. There's no soul at Charles Schwab. All these entities are just, they're systems to make profit. That is why they exist. So the more money they get, the more assets under management fees. And whether or not you have anything or you're free or you're confident doesn't make any difference to them. They're not going to be a better company because of it. So that's the big shift. It's people understanding that it's, if it's going to be, it's up to you. Gotcha. Okay. So what would be one or two things, somebody kind of awakening to, Hey, it, the system isn't set up for my success. What would be one or two strategies, obviously listening to to your podcast to, to get some more, more information, but what would be one or two things that, that people would start doing to, start that ball rolling in the opposite direction, right? Well, one of, one of the things that most people have is they have retirement accounts, but most people have these accounts. And they're like, well, I've got a mutual fund, which is never going to teach you anything. And so I like the self-directed space where you, you have not only the choices, but you have the responsibility because if you have your money in a self-directed retirement account and you're not doing anything, nothing happens. 
So by default, I think a lot of people like the traditional things because it's easy because they're lazy. And they say, well, it's growing, it's doing these things and, and it doesn't make you any smarter. In fact, most people will wake up at 50, 55, 60 years old and say, I've got money and I'm scared to death I'm gonna lose it because they have no skills. Right. So the biggest thing you can do is start controlling some or all of your money, at least start with some and say, I'm gonna do something that is not a mutual fund, something that is, that's maybe risky in terms of Wall Street's approach or what you, you, you knew as a kid but it gives you a chance to start learning and growing. And that's, it's like riding a bike. You're not gonna learn it by watching television or having a bike that sits in your, your living room. Like you gotta take it outside and get on the thing and then fall off the thing. And that's, that's the thing that people avoid. They don't want pain. Like as Tony Robbins say, it says we're, we do two things. We, we go after pleasure, we avoid pain. We have two functions, we're like very basic animals. And we, we tend to avoid pain so we don't wanna take losses. The best thing you can do is go out there and start learning how to take losses and learn from them because it'll accelerate your growth and your eventual wealth because you're out there with that new confidence. Gotcha. Okay. And and I would second, listen, I think we're all lazy in some capacity, right? There are days where I don't want to, I don't want to get up and do 300 push-ups and work out and do those things. It's just that standard that I, I set myself and and give myself, but I that's the same thing. It's, it's your money. Like it's, it's your financial future. How can, how can we be lazy about it? But yet so, so many of us are. And, and well, it's, it's also your blood. Like when you think about money, it's not, it, it, it's money is a, it's, it's an energy. It's, it, it was created because of your blood, your sweat, your tears, a part of your life, your time that you can't get back was partially exchanged for that thing. And right. one of the, one of the best things that people can do is to make sure you're surrounding yourself with people that are down the road from where you are. You do not want to be spending all of your time with people that are just where you are. You got to stretch. If you have a vision for your life and you're around people that are going to stay, most people are not going anywhere except where they were yesterday. That's just right. reality. So if you're like, oh, I like drinking beers with my friends or I like doing these things. Like, I, I mean, I see everybody sees your story and what you did. You went out there and took action and you know, was everybody in your previous life doing the same thing? I pretty, pretty, pretty doubt it. I mean, you're going out there and doing things. It's a lot. The hack is when your life, your vision of your life becomes normalized because the people you're around are already there or they're doing it too. Then it becomes easy. In fact, you, you're like, wow, I, I like everybody does 300 pushups in the morning. Like this is what everybody does. Like, I don't know. What do you mean you don't do 300? Like, of, of course I'm investing in some rental houses because that's what all my friends do. And, and people say, well, how do I do that? Because like my friends and my family suck or they just don't do these things. That's called masterminds. It's called mentors. It's, you can go buy access to that and it's called investing in your life. Yeah, it's so, so, so critical. And I will say just creating my own mastermind this year and being surrounded by like-minded men who are on that same path. We're doing push-up challenges. We're doing burpee challenges. We're, we're setting to that standard. Yes, when you're in that collective unit, it, it just raises your game and it, it surrounds you with a positive energy force that so many people miss. And I don't have the same circle I had five, 10, definitely not 15 years ago, but I don't want to be in the same place that so many people stay in when they're in that lane and they're, they're just, they're just going through life kind of, kind of on cruise control. It, it's and it, and it's a choice, except we do the default. Like it, it, there's a, there's a law of entropy and there's a law of momentum and we're going to tend to do what we've always done because it's easier than it takes a lot of energy to shift. Even if it's one or two or three degrees, there is energy. Otherwise, momentum will take you the exact same direction that you've always been going. So, the, the, but the big, the big energy is in your mind. And then once you've decided that's, that's the hard part, it's deciding it's like, I've decided and committing to it. So my hat that says commitment, it's the honey badger way. It's being fear, fearless, decisive, committed, and resilient. 
And that's what we all have to have. We have to have a, an inner honey badger that starts to drive us. And I love the commitment piece because what I hear, and I'm so aware of language and how we speak. And when you hear somebody say, well, I'll try that. I know without a shadow of a doubt, they're more than likely not going to be successful because it's not, I am going to do this, right? And 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 they're putting that vigor and that determination and that commitment in their words, they're backing it up with energy. And then it's so much, so much more likely that they'll be successful rather than I'll try this. Yeah. Good luck. You're, you're just not going to get there. I, I, when, when I hear somebody say, try, I say, so you're telling me you're not going to do it. That's what you're telling me because you're telling yourself you're not going to do it because you're giving yourself the excuse. Well, I tried, which means you weren't serious. I, I hate the word tries like, like probably the, the word I hate more than anything. I'll try just stop talking and go, go back to your life. Go get some bonbons and watch some Netflix. Like, what are you doing? Why are you bothering wasting the energy? Even trying to convince me that you're pretending. Like, I know you're not serious when you say, I'll go do it. Does that mean that you're going to go and, and, and fail and your life's a disaster? No, if, if you go do it, you commit to it and then you fall on your face. Guess what? You actually learn. But when you try, when you try, it means you're not actually going out there to do it. You're going out there to, to it's like, a, it's like, you're going to have some surface level example of, Hey, look, see, I know it didn't work out, but I tried like that to me, that's embarrassing. Everybody that tries something should be embarrassed. Go do it. It's, it's like Yoda, right? Jeff, it's, it's, you know, it do is. or do not. There's no freaking try. <laughs> that is so that is so true and i i hate the word as well and and i'll usually when i'm in a conversation with someone and, and if it's in the coaching space ask them if i can give them some positive helpful feedback they say yes i said listen i heard you use the word try five times you have to eliminate that from your vocabulary or you're not going to get there right and and it's just it's it's giving yourself an out and so many people want one foot in the boat, one foot on the island. And as Tony Robbins says, right, burn those boats, no going back. Then you'll be successful. Or if you don't, not, you fall on your face, you'll get back up, you'll learn and you'll do it again. Yeah, I'll tell you what, man, like a lot of people, we have a primal instinct about this idea that we're going to be dead if we make a mistake. We, we know that if you make half wrong, then you're getting thrown out of school and then you're ostracized. We also happen to think that we're going to be eaten by things. And I can tell you that there's really only two places where that's going to happen. I've been in both. I grew up in Alaska and I had to dodge polar bears literally so they wouldn't eat me when I was working. That's a, a fact. That is that is a real deal where you're afraid. And in Africa, where if you go out and try to take a picture with a lion cub, they will eat you. Lady before me on a safari got eaten by or at least torn to shreds and killed by a lion. Other than that, like nothing is going to eat you. But people are like, oh, my gosh, if I make a mistake, lose money, I look stupid. Like, okay, that's, yeah, looking stupid and nobody really cares because they're so obsessed about their own stuff and they're watching Facebook all the time. Like, what are you actually worried about? Like, nothing's going to eat you. But people think at some primal level that they're going to be eaten by their mistakes. Right, right. We've we've evolved as a species, but our our, our caveman brains have not. And that keeps nope. us uh, keeps us stuck and and, uh, and in, in our, our safe, very comfortable, but pretty much unhappy place that, that so many people live in. So Damien, where can, uh, where can people find you? Where can they, uh, they grab the podcast, all that good stuff. Financialunderdogs.com. It's on, it's on all the different things. You know, the, the Apple, I, iTunes, like all the places you listen to podcasts, uh, we're there and, and you just, you know, listen every week we've got, I've got stuff that goes out and it will shake you, rattle you, make you think probably make you cringe sometimes. But the reality is we, we need more truth and not like the filtered, social media like hey this is true news like real raw like real people saying here's what i see here's what i think and that's what you're going to hear from me every week love it man thank you uh thank you so much for being on the show appreciate you having me thanks jeff yep you got it. thanks for listening 
Have an amazing day. Rise, fight, love, repeat. Get after it. And I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Morning Fire for Entrepreneurs podcast. You now have the knowledge, but without action, knowledge is useless. Choose to act. Choose to step into your greatness and unlock that hero inside of you. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave a review so more entrepreneurs can hear this message. If you absolutely love this podcast, which I hope you do, then share it up with someone you know who might see benefit from it. Become that beacon of change and together we can impact the world.